Good morrow, listeners! Today's episode of Dames and Dragons is brought to your enchanting ears by LootCrate.com. Save 10% on any new subscription at TryLootCrate.com slash DSPN. Furthermore, enter promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Collect your loot and look tremendously cute! And now, don't let me keep you. The episode begins! Uh, okay, we need to do an intro to this podcast. Kaylin. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, I was on Tumblr. Kaylin, what's the intro? <laughs> oh, uh... Pull it from the nethersphere, Caitlin. <laughs> Wait, uh... Pull it from your nethersphere. I had one. Tell me more about your nethersphere, Caitlin. The nethersphere... Is a sphere for your nethers. <laughs> this is this is the intro now because you're not making anything better. So uh, let's play D and D. I'm Kat. I'm your DM. Hello, I'm Sophia. I play Fran, a tiefling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, I'm Noelle, and I play Corbin, who is a human. (laughs) I'm Caitlin, and uh, I play Laika, who's the devil's child. I hope that wasn't confusing for anyone. Let's move on. What a hilarious role reversal. My goodness. Okay, all right. So, uh, last time, last time, everyone was reunited. Yay! Shaw and Adana, the white-haired orc, agreed on her accompanying all of you to deliver the books from the Estrin Library to Shaw's colleagues in Danmar, a city that is sort of on the way to Torvis Jaw. Uh, in the market, you guys met the dashing Dawson and his delightful deal donkey. <laughs> uh, who I don't know who that is. I don't recognize that name. <laughs> oh, you mean Daniel? Are you talking about David? <laughs> so uh, he sold you some magic items and wants you to fetch more magic items for him in exchange for the location of the god who can teach you new common. And as you set off into the desert, you saw an enormous set of dragon bones, which, as you approached, rose from the sand and is now charging towards you. And as it does, it screams. And I'm going to have you all make constitution saves. I got 17. Uh, Seven. I got 14. Okay, and the goddess got nine. So the goddess and uh, Laika will both be taking disadvantage as you roll initiative. Okay, we pull out our weapons. I pull out my magnifying glass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got 15. I got 14. And mine is eight. Okay, and goddess is six. So the uh, Laika, you are going to go first. The Dracolich, which is what this is, is still very far away from you at this point but it is clawing its way towards you. It does not have wings and it appears to not have a bottom half so it has to drag itself across the desert sand. So it's like the top half of Skull Greymon? Yes. That's awful. Skull <laughs> So since we're yep. pretty far, I think what I want to do is cast Aid. I cast it on Fran, Corbin, and the Goddess. Each target's hit point maximum and current hit points increases by five. I'm then gonna cast magic weapon, so I touch my crossbow and it glows and it's plus one. Nice. All right, uh, so then it is the Dracolith's turn. I hate how excited Cat gets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, I'm gonna have you all make dex saving throws. I got an 18. I got 10. 23. Uh, let me see. I need all of the D10s at the table, please. Cat has too many D10s right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, the dragon opens up its 
cavernous bone maw and a cloud of lightning shoots out at you. And Nodona is able to steer the Slavirs very sharply to the left and the sled tips up on one side and the goddess Laika and Fran, you guys are able to all sort of duck down into the book cranny that you were put in. But Corbin, you poke your head up in order to see what's about to happen and get a face full of lightning. And you take 19 damage. Uh, everyone else takes 10. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to cast protection from energy on myself. Um, and for the duration, the willing creature, me, that you touch, me, has resistance to one damage type of your choice uh, of acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. And uh, I choose lightning. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. so Corbin, you touch your boob window mm-hmm. and very briefly, this purple lightning sort of flashes all over you and then it subsides. Okay, how far is this dragon? It is still just about a thousand feet behind you. It's coming at you from in front of and up to the right. Nodona is turning the sled away from it so that it will likely be following behind you by the next turn. I'm gonna use my first aid kit on Corbin. Okay, and how many points do you, are you able to get out of that? Um, so that's 18, so half of that is nine. Okay, plus the one that you rolled on that d4 is 10 points of damage. Back to you. Fran uh, hurriedly takes out her first aid kit and takes out the burn cream from it and slathers it onto your terribly lightning burned arm and wraps it up for you real quick like. Corbin whimpers and thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, and then it is the goddess's turn, and the goddess is gonna cast Cure Wounds on you, Corbin. Aww. Corbin preemptively starts crying. <laughs> and she cures for 15 points of damage. She lays her hands on you and a white light emits from your boob window and you are healed. And the dragon has gained on you. He has gained about 500 feet. So now we're back up to the top of the order with Laika. I don't think there's anything I can do at this point from 500 feet and... I don't really want to send Gingy out. I'm going to hold my action until he's in range. Okay. And it is the dragon's turn. There is lightning crackling at the edges of the dragon's maw, and it digs its claws into the sand, and it gains another 300 feet on you in a single leap, but it does not shoot lightning this round. And now it is Corbin's turn. Uh, I'm also holding my action until he gets 120 feet away from us. So, Fran? Okay, so I'm going to cast Silent Image, and I am going to create basically, like, our same sled sled with, like, us in it. It's just going to be kind of, like, on top of us. Mm. And because I'm a illusion wizard, I can also have it make the same sounds that our oh, sled is making. Cool. And then I'm going to ask Nadona to veer left. All right. How are you going to communicate that to her? Great question. I'm going to point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so Nadona looks where you're pointing and... So she pulls on the reins to pull the Slaviers to the left and the Slaviers screech and rear up, and the dragon gains another 150 feet on you, which puts him in range. <gasps> okay, well, as she does that, I'm, I'm like, yeah. having the illusion go the other way. Yes, okay. So, uh, Laika, your held action will go first since you were first in the initiative. I'm going to attack twice with my crossbow. Okay. Six plus seven? No, you, you're, uh, it hits the dragon straight through the eye socket, and it does not do any damage as it passes harmlessly through. Cool. 18 plus 8. That'll hit. You did 8 damage on on the uh, Draco Lich. Alright, well, I'm going to cast Erupting Earth. Uh, well, I'll make a dex save. That's a 19. God, fuck this guy. Oh, well, I still get to roll against him. He's gonna get hurt no matter what. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Corbin stares with his bird eyes. He flaps his arms like a bird <laughs> and uh, a huge plume of sand erupts from beneath the Dracolich and like rocks and buried sediment also erupt maybe some oil maybe a hot <laughs> spring who knows who knows there could be gold in there, there could hills. be maybe gold comes out and smacks him in his little skull Greymon head <laughs> and uh, 13 in half did seven damage. Hell yes. You did seven. Suck it. And then it is the goddess's turn. She touches Fran 
uh, and a white light emits from this place where she touched, and you are healed for you are healed for eight points of damage. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost back up to full health. All right, and now Nadona is gonna see if she can calm the Slaviers enough to get moving again. No, she cannot. Okay, uh, so the Slaviers are still freaking out, and the, the sled has come to a complete halt in the sand. Uh, and the Draco Lich is gaining on you now. How far away? Uh, at the start of its of this next turn, it will be 50 feet away from you. It's still too far away for me to do my attacks. So I'm going to cast Moonbeam. Okay. It did not, it did not pass. It's safe. Oh, that's 10. So 13 damage. Okay. Um, so now it is the dragon's turn again. It doesn't know which place is real, right? That's true. That's what I was going to have it do. It needs to make a wisdom saving throw to see if it can figure it out. It cannot. All oh, right. Yes. <laughs> Suck it. So the dragon, dragon. Yes, yes, yes. It seems it's very confused by the two sleds and it starts charging after the illusor- the illusory sled, allowing Nodona enough time to calm the Slaviers and get you guys moving again. Okay. Just going to see. Oh, yeah. It hella hits the, the illusion sled. Okay. And um, then it disappears. Yeah. So it swipes with one huge bony claw and it just shreds the illusion. So it roars in frustration and it is now Corbin's turn. Uh, okay. I healed Laika for uh, 11 points of health. Thank you. You're welcome. Friend, you're up. Okie dokie. Well, um, he is once again out of my range for attacks, so I'm going to do the same thing I did before. And this time I want to like give her more time instead of just being like, just turn really fast. Right. So I'm going to lift up three fingers and slowly go down to one. Okay. And then point and then I'll put the illusion the other way. Okay. I'm going to have her make an animal handling check again. Much better this time. Okay. So now that you've given her a little more time and she knows what's going to happen, you cast the spell and seamlessly Nodona splits away from it uh, and the Slaviers are heading serpentine around to the right. Okay. And away. All right. And then it is the goddess's turn, but because no one is hurt, she is skipping this turn. So uh, Laika, we're back to you. Cool. So I can move the moonbeam 60 feet. Sure. So it hits him again. Would that hit him since we're running? The moonbeam is separate from you. So yes. Yeah. You can move it 60 feet after him as he runs. Okay. I'm moving it. So he will have to make a save again. Okay. Was that uh, constitution? Yeah. Okay. He definitely doesn't. <laughs> that's Yay. a two. Cool, so that's 10 damage. Okay. Suck it. That's a good spell. So the moonbeam, you move it, you pull it towards you as the Draco Lich is chasing you, and the radiant beams of moonlight scorch its bones, uh, and it lets out another ear-splitting shriek as it is now the dragon's turn, and it passed its wisdom save, so it is not fooled by the same trick twice, and it chases after the your sled and lets out another bolt of lightning from its maw, uh, which hurts very badly. Uh, I'm going to have you all make deck saves. Uh, that's a 10, but I still get half damage if it's a lightning attack. Seven. I got a 17. The sled. That's not great. All right, so... Fran and Corbin, you each take 13. Laika, the goddess, and Nodona each take 26 points of damage, and the Slaviers are panicked. Uh, I am prone. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, it's Corbin's turn. How far away is he from us right now? Uh, He is catching up now, so he is 80 feet away. Okay. How is the goddess doing? Does she look She looks bad. She looks very hurt. Does she look- is she prone? Yes, she is knocked prone. Can you take an action to help somebody up? Uh, I will count or, that as your movement. Okay, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> I am also going to cast Moonbeam. <laughs> <laughs> so I cast Moonbeam. Okay. Uh, on him. and uh, uh, I guess he'll make his constitution yeah, make check constitution here. saving throw. Oh, he hella failed that. Oh, thank God. 
Uh, that's 15 points of damage. Great. So there's just two moonbeams. <laughs> two beautiful Fly moonbeams. me to the... Sing it. Fly me to the moon. Beam. Among the stars. Okay. Let me, me kill a lich with my magical powers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Fran, it is your turn. Okay. So for my movement, I'm going to help Laika up. And then for my action, I'm going to cast Fireball. Okay. So Fran reaches out her finger towards the Dracolich and a bright streak of light flashes out. And as it goes towards the Dracolich, it blossoms into an explosion of flame. He makes a dexterity save. Okay. That's a 10. That's a fail. (laughs) Okay, so he's going to take 8d6 fire damage. Okay. 35 damage. Well done. Um, Okay. Yeah, so the fireball hits him in the face, and the fire sort of wraps around its bones and chars them and makes a huge black scar on this thing's skull. Yeah. Uh, And now it is the goddess's turn. And who's the worst hurt right now? It is Laika. Either Laika or the goddess. It's me. Or you. Heal yourself. I heal Um, myself. No, the goddess heals you. Aww. Don't you remember that from our other fight? She was like mad damaged and she wouldn't heal herself. (laughs) What an asshole. I'm going to heal her. So whatever. Yeah. All right. And she heals you for 11 points of damage. And then it is Nadona's turn. And she manages to calm the Slaviers and uh, get them moving again. And in the distance now, you can see probably about another 500 feet away from you. She has steered you towards a sheer cliff where there is a very small opening that is just wide enough for the sled to fit through, and she is heading straight for that. It'll probably take another turn for her to get there, so you have one more turn to hold this thing off. Badass. Oh, yes. All right, so now, Laika, it is your turn again. Can I move that moonbeam? I think it has moved too far at this point. That's fair. That's what I figured. So in that case, I'm going to heal the goddess. Okay. So I'm going to heal her... For 20 points. Okay. Uh, She looks much better. (laughs) All right. And now it's the dragon's turn. So the lightning is crackling at its maw again, but it does not fire. So then it will... Yeah, it's going to snap at you. Snap at you with those lightning jaws. Corbin, I guess, is on the outside. We established that earlier. It's going to snap at you, Corbs. Cool. I have more health than two people, at least. That is going to be an 18. All right. It's going to be 11 melee damage and one lightning damage. Cool. That's not bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, it could be worse. Could be worse. So the as the Draco Lich snaps down on you, Corbin, uh, you're able to move away enough that just your arm gets caught in its jaws. And as it does, lightning dances across your skin, but it only just barely singes you, and the teeth of the Draco Lich crumble as your uh, arm is caught in its jaw, and you're able to pull yourself free. Now, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that... I'm literally ripping my arm out of its caged teeth and they're crumbling. Yes. Can I like punch it and it'll fall apart? <laughs> Try it on your turn. All right, I will. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of it, it is your turn. Okay. Uh, I want to punch it. Shit. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily want to punch it. Oh, God. I could also just move my moonbeam. I do think it's weird that its teeth just fell apart, but I also don't want to like break all the bones in my hands by accident. Oh, I'm just going to move my fucking moonbeam. And I put it right over its big fat monster head. All right, that is going to be 27 for constitution. Well, it passes, but it still takes half damage. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> that's three damage. <laughs> wow, it's real hurt. You got it. I want to punch it still. Can I take a movement to punch it? No. Definitely an attack. All right, Fran. I try. All right, Fran. Okay, so I'm just going to cast Fireball again. Okay. So it needs to make a dex saving throw. Okay. That is going to be a 20, but not natural. All right. So it it still takes half damage, though, so it's going to take 4d6. Okay. 
12 damage. Okay. And then it is the goddess's turn, and she is going to heal Nidona for 16 points of damage. All right. So the goddess reaches over and touches Nidona's shoulder, and Nidona is filled with that sort of same warmth and bright light that you guys have felt when the goddess heals you before and just as this happens she gets you guys through the pass and the draco lich slams into the wall and its bones crunch and crumble against the cliffside and bone dust rushes in after you as you slide through this pass you know what that guy's problem was he was a real bonehead And I'm going to have you all make perception checks. I got eight. Fourteen. Eleven. All right, none of you see anything. Uh, What about the goddess? Does she see something? That's a good question. Ooh, actually, yeah. So the goddess, as you guys slide through the pass, she looks upward and points. um, And you guys look up just in time to see a few shadowy figures duck behind the rocks. Sand people. So you get to the other edge of this pass and stretch out in front of you. There is yet more desert. However, it is turned from that fine sand to hard packed dirt. Um, and there are starting to be a few bushes and uh, shrubs growing up ar- along the cliff sides. And Nadona stops the sled here and gets off, sort of shaking herself out. She looks a bit shaken to put it mildly. So we're now just like in a, like a resting area a little bit? Yeah, you're just outside of this narrow crevasse that you passed through. Okay, so I actually turned to Gingy. Oh, yeah. Do you understand us because we're speaking old common or do you just understand us because you can understand the intentions of what we're saying? I don't know. All right, well, that's fair. You're just a... You're just a wolf. I I get it. Hey, I'm not just a wolf. You're just a wonderful guy. So, (laughs) Gingy sort of snaps at you and then goes over to Laika to sit by her side. All right. So, I uh, go to Nadona and I hand her my amulet that we use to talk to animals. Okay. Nadona takes it and looks at you quizzically. I uh, bring her over to Jinji and Zaroon, and I gesture emphatically towards them, and I say, talk. So, Fran, you cannot understand what's going on now. Yeah, no. (laughs) However, Jinji says, what? What do you want us to talk about? And Nodona just freaks out, and she drops (laughs) the amulet, and she, like, takes several (laughs) steps back. And she's, like, looking at Jinji with alarm and suspicion. And she goes, I don't understand what's going on. She looks at you like, and goes, should I bite her? <laughs> don't bite her. I I don't know. I look to Fran and I say, you should, what, what do you want to ask? So I go over to her and pick up the amulet and put it back in her hands. She looks at you and then- looks- I pat her hands. <laughs> I look at her very meaningfully. And Zarun takes the lead here. And he says, can you- understand our speech land child and Nadona nods very quickly and she's not comfortable with this but she can understand him speak and she says something but none of you can understand it and the wolves sort of look at each other like no no I didn't get that okay so we can talk to her but she can't talk to us hmm I think that we should ask her where the two things that the evil god man who stole all my money wanted us to go get. Ah, child, have you a map of this area? And Nodona shakes her head vigorously and she says something again. You can't understand her. So we should ask why we stopped. Yeah. Why have we stopped? And Nodona takes a second to sort of like figure out how she's going to communicate this. But so she points up toward the sun and then makes a motion of like wiping sweat from her brow Mm -hmm. and then puts her hands underneath her cheek like in a sleeping motion. (laughs) So is the sun going down? 
it's it's getting late in the afternoon and it is definitely getting very hot. Oh, okay. So it's time to sleep. Yes. It's it seems like what she's saying is now is the time to rest because it's the hottest part of the day. Oh, okay. Um can we ask her about the shadowy figures above? Uh Zarun asks her, but she's just sort of shakes her head. Either she doesn't know or she doesn't know how to answer. Okay. okay. But she seems to think this place is safe. Yeah. She seems to think so. She um, actually takes the tarp off of the books, sort of halfway, and takes two poles from the sled, which she drives into the ground and connects to the tarp to create sort of a lean-to shelter. She sits down and points at the ground for all of you guys and makes another motion like sleep. Okay. I lie down just on the inside, and then I look at Laika and I point next to me. (laughs) I lay down with my friend because I think she's like being like, hey, you're my friend. Sleepover time. Yeah. So I, I put on my very fancy clothes and I lay beside <laughs> her. I also put on my very fancy clothes. <laughs> oh, I, I point uh, beside me for Corbin to sit beside me. Is there a tree in the nearby area? No. Corbin begrudgingly goes next to Lego. <laughs> I punch him on the arm because I'm offended. Uh the goddess sort of stands awkwardly at the edge of you guys and eventually sort of sits down by herself. Oh, I, I invite her over. Yeah, Corbin pats next to him. Yeah. All right. She scooches over and then Zarun takes up on the end. Is um, Gingy on the other side? She is at your feet. Oh, cute. Yes. Um, so we're all spooning, right? All like so a, one big spoon. <laughs> one big spoon train. One big spoon train. Spoon boys. Um, <laughs> after a couple of hours, um, Nadona, she wakes up Fran and indicates that you should take the next watch. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine, I guess. All right. And I take off my pajamas. <laughs> Which are your very fancy clothes? Yes. Oh, my God. So, Fran, while you are on watch, you notice behind you that the goddess's sleep has become very fitful, mm-hmm. and she is tossing and turning, and she wakes up suddenly with a sharp gasp, and she's sitting up, shaking. I uh, give a little salute <laughs> and nod. <laughs> she looks at you slowly, and it seems to take a minute for her to sort of, like, recognize where she is and who you are and what's going on she gets up and comes and sits next down next to you and she doesn't sign anything or say anything she's just sitting there shaking okay well i take out my dice set and i start rolling dice (laughs) (laughs) the goddess just sort of watches you play dice for a minute and then signs to you how are you holding up I say, to be honest, Esther wasn't that great for me. So this isn't that much worse than it was before. Oh my goddess just nods slowly. <laughs> Do you have a name? She looks at you very startled. And she doesn't answer for a second and then sort of shrugs again and says, I guess it's Mary. Well, like, do you want me to call you that? <laughs> she shrugs. I, I don't really have anything better, she signs. All right. So, listen, I was wondering, are you really sure you don't remember anything from your past lives? And the goddess slowly shakes her head, and she signs. Sometimes I have dreams, and I don't know what is real and what's just a dream. Sometimes I think maybe I remember something, but I don't know. What kind of dreams are they? Do you remember them when you wake up? She she nods. Since Estra fell, I've been dreaming of a great beast with monstrous form covered in black feathers wearing a crown of bone and I dream that it tries to eat me but it's battled back by a man with a flaming sword and I don't know what it means but it hurts when I wake up every time what does the man look like she shrugs 
All he appears to me as is a, a golden figure. Did you see his teeth? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. <laughs> tight, tight, tight. <laughs> cool. So as you guys are sitting there in pretty awkward silence, eventually the goddess looks over at you, Fran, and she signs, You don't trust me, do you? I don't think I really have a reason to. And she nods and she signs. That's okay. I don't know what to believe either. Well, I guess then we have something in common, Mary. No bummer. These mid-rolls just keep getting dumber. Thank you to our new Patreon donors, Ben, Hey Hey, and Andrew. You've touched our lives and our wallets, and we can't thank you enough. We are hoping that in a couple months we'll have enough to upgrade on mics, and we're really, really excited about that. Because obviously that's going to mean you guys get a better product. And we get to be more proud of the product we make because it's going to sound better. Thanks also to iTunes reviewers, PSAX, Hack LaSalle, and Garbger, as well as some dope raiders who did not review. My only regret is not being able to thank you each by your beautiful name. Your beautiful name, like my best friend, PSAX. PSAX, if this name is not pronounced PSAX, please do not tell me. I'm living. Keep those iTunes reviews coming, guys. And uh, if you haven't done so yet, try to be more like your brother, Peace Axe, okay? And now I'd like to provide you with a glimpse into another extremely incredible 5e podcast called Venture Maidens. Gather round, travelers, to hear our tale. A mysterious organization called the Sisters of Sorrow have swept up our three heroes, and it is up to Kara, Saye, and Arnadel to do battle with the forces of evil and financial destitution. We shall battle with ancient lore. Take them down with our sharp reflexes? Hey, did you guys finish the last of the ale? Venture Maidens is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast featuring a cast of four lifelong gamers. Kara, not now. We're recording a podcast ad. Uh, um, right. Uh, I chop it with my axe. For gold and glory. We post our episodes every other Sunday. We've got monsters, treasure, role-playing, a cool plot, and some strange NPCs. Find the Venture Maidens podcast today on iTunes or wherever podcasts are free. Until then, venture away. Make sure to check it out, my guys! And finally... At last, a message to Chantel. Chantel, the code word is Alex Dumb. The sleeper agent is active. Go. Veterinary. wake everyone else up sure okay so i uh do create water just all over everybody you know they probably like it because it's the <laughs> desert but yeah nadona oh. finds it to be quite refreshing although she's very surprised uh and fran is just cackling <laughs> corbin does that thing that birds do when they're in a bird bath oh my god like it does that thing dogs do when they get sprayed with hose when they try to bite it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. So you all are up. Um, it takes you a little while. Nodona takes down your little, like, lean-to shelter. But you are back on the road after a little while. And the second leg of your journey is pretty quiet. The sandy desert turns into hard-packed red earth. And your sleigh ride's gotten pretty bumpy and pretty uncomfortable, too. 
Uh, do any of you try and sleep more? Or are you all just keeping watch? What's what are you doing on the sled? I think we would sing like road songs. Can you give me a give me a little taste of Laika's road song? Can someone drop a beat for me? Boom, 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 On the road, lots of sand. I'm just a little baby man. Let's. That's it. Fran, Fran is trying to sleep, and that's in her dream. Corbin, how do you feel about Laika's road song? Like, have you guys seen the videos of, like, cockatiels that, like, bob their heads <laughs> yeah. like, when they hear music? That's what Corbin's doing. That's cute. Yeah. He, li- he likes, like, a song. He loves he it. Like- He's it. really, he likes it. Oh, my God. Fran rolls over restlessly and moans in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys have a pretty bumpy but quiet journey through the rest of the night. It gets pretty cold in the desert at night, as uh, Laika is familiar with at this point. Um, and I guess also during this ride, we would like fill each other in completely on everything that's happened to us. I don't know if we did that before. Okay, yeah. So while you guys are on the the sled, the goddess participates in your conversations, and actually roll perception checks. I got a twenty. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. So. Laika, you notice that as the goddess is, she's signing things to you and just generally chatting. You notice that Nodona is, she kind of keeps glancing back, watching the goddess. But every time you make eye contact with her, she looks away. And Laika, you also notice something else as the goddess is talking. You feel like you're picking up more. You're getting a little bit better at understanding the goddess's sign language. Cool. Okay, so by sunrise, uh, you reach the edge of a large cliff with a switchback road down it. Now that you're seeing some plants and some signs of life, you can tell it looks like it's early spring. And there are these little short white scrub-like bushes with these white flowers blooming on them as you go down this switchback road. And so past these white flowers, you can see in the distance there is the city of Danmar. Danmar is a huge city on par with the size of Estra. The city is surrounded by walls made of thick red stone. And from up here, you can see water running over the tops of the walls and through these canals that run over the city. Waterfalls sparkle as they fall from towers into these deep cisterns. And the the most prominent thing you can see about this city from up here is these two canyons that run through the city and out to the ocean beyond, which you can see sparkling in the distance. Oh, Fran screams. (laughs) Um, And she sort of like halfway climbs up like Laika's body and she's like, is that it? Is that it? That looks big. Is that it? Laika, is that it? (laughs) Well, I don't know. It could be a mirage. What? (laughs) Probably. What's a mirage? It's a desert dream. (laughs) It's the same name as my cologne that I've been wearing in the desert. Oh, it's bad then. Yes. <laughs> um, Fran sits back down, but is like wide-eyed, staring at that ocean, trying to figure out if it's a desert dream. <laughs> um, so as you get lower down the cliff, your view of the ocean uh, disappears beyond the walls, and you continue to go down and down and down till you reach the bottom of the cliff. Um, and there's a road, a wide road, that leads to the gate of Danmar. And you see there's a small line of carts and merchants outside the city wall. And each one of their carts is just sort of being given a cursory check by the city guards before it goes in. But Nodona doesn't stop in this line. She actually pulls away uh, around the line and t- toward the city wall, where she parks the sled in the shade. And she hops off the sled uh, and starts tending to the slaviers. And the goddess signs to you all, like, why are, why are we stopping? Why are we over here? Great question, Mary. Um, I go give Nadona my amulet, and um, I ask Zarun or Jinji, whoever's closest, yeah. to ask her why we stopped. Uh, Zarun is a little bit shaken up, actually, after that real bumpy ride. He's a very old, old boy, mm. and he is kind of, he's standing on the ground, like all four paws on the ground, looking around, like, have we stopped? Is this it? Am I done? Laika <laughs> uh, goes to, like, calm him down, give him mm. a little snack. Ah, good, good. Uh, but Jinji, Jinji is able to help you translate. So Nadona, it, like, startles her. Again, she's, she does not like this, but, um, <laughs> she, 
looks at Jinji and she sort of starts to make these hand motions that at first they don't seem to make a lot of sense, but she eventually you you get something like it starts to make sense and you realize she's signing. She's using the goddess's sign language, <gasps> really rudimentary, and she's able to say, "Me, not able in." Okay, so they won't let her in the city. Is, is this like a racist thing? Or? Yeah, I mean, probably from what we saw at the at the market, people didn't really want to deal with the orcs. Yeah. yeah um, so the goddess is actually she's very taken aback, and she signs to Nadona. Can you understand me? And Nadona nods and signs back. You speak prayer. Hmm. Oh, so maybe magic is part of prayer? So she hands you a a very crudely drawn map and points to uh, an X on the map and signs, you go there, books stay here. Bring learned to books. So we have to bring someone to the books. Yeah. So as you guys are, are kind of pat- grabbing your stuff and getting ready to go in the city. She grabs the goddess's wrist before you guys can go. And she looks like she really wants to say something to her. But she can't. She doesn't know how to. So she just bows her head and lets the goddess go. So you leave Nodona with Jinji and Zarun to protect the sled full of books. Uh, And the four of you are able to head into the city. You're actually able to skip the line of merchants. It looks like they're not terribly interested in travelers without luggage um they're just checking uh shipments that are coming into the city what do they think about my hair oh yeah actually everybody's staring at you but no one is making any move toward you all right that's fair i am like just serving my look and i am just (laughs) strutting down towards the gate um flipping my hair back and forth i'm acting as fran's hype man i'm acting like vanna white and i'm using my hand gestures to be like look look at the fashion look at the hair don't, and then i'm like don't even look you you can't you're not worthy <laughs> um, i, I do it. finger guns with the guards <laughs> okay so immediately inside the city gate there is a huge open air marketplace People are set up hawking street goods, um, things that have come in from outside the city. It's like if you took the Oasis market and tripled it in size. Uh, people are shouting over each other and people are like shoving each other to, like out of the way to get at like these good sweet deals. And that's where you guys are. Uh, if you look at your map, you can tell how to get to wherever that X is. You assume that's where you're supposed to go. But what do you want to do? I have no money, so there's no reason for me to go there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I give Corbin like one silver piece. Ah, Corbin, like it's that one I you. stole from you earlier. <laughs> Did you steal a piece from me? I yeah. I forgot. Corbin repressed that memory. Cool. Well, I'll take it. What is it? Was it a silver or gold? It was a it's a silver, silver right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not giving you any gold. I have one silver piece. I want to walk through that market just to take a look. Okay. Well, you do have to walk through the market just to, like, get anywhere else unless you want to start trying to take side streets. Which Is I- there anything of interest in the market? Mm, not a ton. Most of it is it's cloth, dry goods, food, uh, produce. If there was an equivalent of a medieval shopping mall, that's what this is. Cinnabons? Uh, actually, there are is a candy stand. It's a hard rock candy as well as these sweet bean paste in a rice wrapping. I buy some candy. Okay, each piece of candy is one silver piece, so. I buy two <gasps> pieces of candy, and I hold one out to Corbin, but then I take it back. <laughs> Corbin bites at your hand like a bird, snaps and I, you. I laugh, and then I do give it to him. Aw. Nice. Corbin thanks you. He nice. doesn't say that, but he say, thanks you with his brain. <laughs> Fran gets real scared all of a sudden. She doesn't know why. He hears Corbin's voice inside her head. She looks around. (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) 
Oh, okay. Wait, does Leica want one? Yeah. Okay, I buy one for Leica too. Uh, I do the same thing again though. I'm a tease you. <laughs> do you get the rock candy or the mochi? I got all rock candy. Nice. I'm so touched, but I like play it off really cool. I like have to hide my face. And Fran also gets some candy for the goddess, but she's just like here. Nice. The goddess she gives you a nod of thanks. And she seems to really enjoy the candy. I want to get some for Zarun and Gingy. Uh, well, unless there's something more wolf appropriate. It's like a supermarket. You can get like jerky. All right, cool. I'll get them some, some treats. It's going to be five silver pieces. Cool. So what else do you want to do after you've gone through the market? Do you want to head straight for your goal or do you want to try finding anything else in the city? How close are we to the ocean? Um, roll investigation checks just to see what you want to see. See what you can see. Oh, I rolled a natural 20. Oh, shit. I rolled like a six, so okay. I got a three. Okay. Fran's senses are heightened <laughs> near an ocean. <laughs> so, Laika and Corbin, you guys are just floored. You are amazed in wonderment. You can't really take it all in. There's just so many people, so many things. Things. There's like different languages being spoken. You just cannot follow the action. We're both eating candy too. Yeah, yeah. Both on yeah. Sugar we're, sucking, high. we're sucking on our rock candy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fran, however, is focused. She is ready. She <laughs> knows that there is an ocean somewhere nearby and is now trying to absorb every bit of information that could possibly lead her to that ocean. <laughs> um, and so, Fran, what you notice is that this city is predominantly human. There are a few. Few elves, couple half elves, it looks like, but the the second most of a race that you see is actually halflings. Uh, people here are dressed in loose fitting linen garments. A lot of them have head coverings uh, because it is very hot, and you can now understand why there's so much water running over the walls because it keeps the city cool. Mm. Uh, it's like a natural air conditioning system. So, Fran, as you're walking through and you see these waterfalls, like, glimmering next to you. Oh, and you I can, love it. You feel like you can just reach out and, you know. like. And I do. You do. You reach out <laughs> and you sort of take some water and put it in your hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my hair is growing. Yes. <laughs> By the time uh, you guys get down the first main boulevard and it, it turns, Fran has, like, hair down to her waist. <laughs> and it's, just, uh, it's, like, full-on Rapunzeling. Yes, yes. Um, so there is are two bridges which cross the canyons uh, that run through the city. And across the first bridge uh, and on the island between the two canyons, there is an enormous palace. And unlike uh, everything else, which is made of this dark brown, brownish red stone, the palace is bright blue. And it is a round citadel with a square tower coming out of it. Um, and at the top of the tower is glittering glass. And around that, there are high walls with small windows in them where archers could be positioned. So if you want to head towards the ocean, Fran, you can feel the sea breeze. You can feel a cooler breeze <laughs> coming in from the west. Mm-hmm. So do you head that way? Um, yeah, I'm going right for the ocean. I'm following the water trail. So you guys head down the street. Uh, you pass by some houses, it looks like. And then you feel that sea breeze really strong. And as you look to your right, and there it is. <gasps> the street ends in a path that goes along the cliff edge around the ocean. And a little ways out into the bay, you can see there's an island with a large fortress on it. But beyond that, it's just water. It's just open ocean and blue sky and white clouds. Uh-oh, uh-oh. How tall is this cliff? It's like 10, 15 feet. Uh, all right, I immediately start climbing down, <laughs> walking in style, going under, and I disappear. <laughs> You'll never see from me again. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, like it, she's worried for Fran, because Fran just like... <laughs> Is like peace, but she's scared of the ocean from like almost drowning. So she's like standing back, trying to play it cool, but she's sweating. <laughs> Corbin's extremely disappointed because he was definitely imagining like soft white Florida beaches, and that's not what he has gotten. So he no longer cares about the ocean. <laughs> what do I see under the waves? Okay, so under the waves, there are a lot of shipwrecks. Hmm. Actually, a lot of craggy rocks. Um, you can. Kind of figure out, like, oh, okay, the rocks are why there are all these shipwrecks. (laughs) And 
Lots of uh, fish. Lots of fish. But, I mean, nothing terribly interesting. I don't know what you're um, expecting uh, to find down there. You don't think that fish are terribly interesting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to Fran. Um, uh, okay. Fran loves these fish. She's obsessed with these fish. She's swimming <laughs> around like Ariel, trying to make friends with the fish. <laughs> the fish all swim away as soon as you get close. <laughs> so Fran's gone now. What do, what do you two want to do? I'm scared of the ocean, so... Like, do you want to go find some smart dude? Should we leave Fran, though? She's fine. So the goddess doesn't have any better ideas either, but as you guys are kind of, like, trying to figure out, like, what you're going to do, um, the goddess is looking around, and um, there's lots of little, like, seaside shops. It looks like this is a, a popular spot for people who maybe aren't from the city to come. And a human man with this real thin little mustache... He beckons her over, and he's sitting cross-legged on the corner next to one of these uh, trinket stalls. Um, and so she comes over, and he's talking to her, and she shrugs at him. He nods, and he holds up his hands, and then he holds up a pebble. And he puts it on the street in front of him, and he takes out of his sleeve three half-shells. <laughs> and so uh, he holds up a coin to her, and he puts it down. He covers the pebble with one of the shells, and he starts mixing them up. And let me see how she does. <laughs> I just want to say, like, as immediately walks over to, like, watch him do this cool trick. Corbin okay. also comes and watches. Okay, so he then finishes shuffling the shells, and he splays his hands to the goddess, and she looks at him for a minute and points to one of the shells. And he lifts it up, and there's the pebble! Oh. And he starts clapping oh. and cheering, and he hands her a silver piece, or he starts to hand her the silver piece. And then he takes it back, and he pulls out a second one. Oh, God. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Well, he he holds out his hand to you guys. I give him a silver piece. Okay, so you guys play a few rounds, and you do very well. Uh, Laika, you put in a couple of pieces. Corbin, you put in your one (laughs) silver piece, and uh, it's the goddess's turn again. And she turns to you guys like, should I? Yeah! <laughs> okay. All right. She She's going to do it, but she doesn't have any money, so, like, you have to give her the money. Yeah, I gave her the six pieces. <laughs> okay, so he puts in his six pieces, 12 silver pieces total on the line here. Let's see how she does as he shuffles his shells. He shuffles. He shuffles. The goddess points, and there's no pebble. <sighs> and then he shrugs, and he takes the 12 silver pieces, and he puts them in his pocket, and he picks up his shells. And he just heads off. I cast Pass Without a Trace on myself. I come back and I'm like, nerd. And then I hold up 12 silver pieces. And I have them like between my fingers like I'm doing a cool coin trick. <laughs> How many fingers do you have? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> um, so it actually takes you a minute to do that. So like as he's packing up, you're hurriedly like stuffing <laughs> coins between your fingers. And you hold them up. Like, <laughs> Does it look cool though? Um... It would if he had if you hadn't had to take the time to do it. But <laughs> he seems impressed enough, so he sits back down. And he puts out his shells. And he takes twelve silver pieces out of his own. And he sets them down to match and uh, roll to see if you can beat him. Oh, he's gonna roll to deceive me. Shit. Oh, nice. Okay, so I got thirteen. Well, luckily he rolled a critical failure. So as he is shuffling the shells and you're watching, your trained eyes are on him. Your trained wolf eyes. And you see him slip the pebble up his sleeve. And you give him an accusatory point, and he's he acts innocent. He holds up his hands like, oh, <laughs> sorry, there's no pebble under the shell. He just holds up his hands. Uh-oh. He starts gathering up the 24 silver pieces. Ah, 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 ah. Ah, ah. I'm going to pickpocket him. Oh, shit. Well, that's plus 10 because I cast Pass Without a Trace, which is... Enough. That's enough. It's yeah. enough. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. So you're <laughs> it's able. Like almost twenty. You are able to uh, steal back your silver and actually quite a bit more because he just put it all in his pocket. Hell and yeah! Just take his idiot. whole purse. <laughs> um. So you net yourself a cool fifty silver pieces. Oh God, yeah. Sweet. Returning to a life of crime. <laughs> it. Um. The goddess disapproves heavily. She shakes her head at you, Corbin. Uh, he's he scammed us. She still shakes her head. I don't care. <laughs> she signs to you like. You can't just steal from people. There's no rules on the world below. There are definitely rules. <laughs> There's the no goddess law here. There are guards. There is definitely a law. We just don't know it yet. Karma's fake. I jump high five with Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> the goddess shakes her head. And she, she looks out towards the water 
and signs to you guys, Fran has been in there a while. Should someone check on her? Mm. Meanwhile, I am inside of one of the ships and I am like reclining on a bed <laughs> that's in there. <laughs> and I found my new home and this is where I'm going to live forever. An old bed covered in barnacles. I love it. And I swim around and I try to play tricks on the fish. <laughs> the fish uh, are pretty dumb, but they're also very perceptive and you cannot sneak up on them enough to play tricks. I'm still having a great time. Can I investigate for anything of interest in these sunken ships? Sure. So that's a 12. Okay. Uh, You find some barrels. You find some weapons that are crusted over and and salty. But you do notice on a lot of these barrels and things, there's a symbol that it looks a little bit different than you're used to. But you do recognize it. And it is the symbol of a broken tower. Corva! Uh-oh. So I want to roll a perception check because Corva and I want to throw rocks at Fran to so, get her out of the water. So you want to you, you try and figure out where she is in the water? Yeah. Okay. I can't. I thought it was a seven. Okay, so you guys just start trucking rocks into the water and screaming, Fran! Fran! And people are stopping to stare at you guys. Like, what is with these people? Um, I, at the same time, they're throwing these rocks. I don't notice that because they're not anywhere near me. So I, I swim to the surface and pop my head up and I'm like, these guys are Dwarf worshippers. The goddess comes to the edge of the wall. She, what? And I reluctantly come out of the water. I, I go. I guess I climb up the cliff. Do I need to roll it? No, it's not a. It's, it's a seawall. You know, it's there are places where it's very clear. You can see like they've cut sort of a ladder into the wall. Okay. So I climb up the ladder and I'm like, "Hi guys, I'm on vacation from my new life in the ocean because I need to tell you guys something." <laughs> <laughs> I was down there and there's a bunch of shipwrecks. And on a lot of the barrels, there's the symbol of Torva. That sounds bad, but. Corbin and I are now criminals, and I guess we can take a vacation. I was in there for like 10 minutes. We're not technically criminals. (laughs) What did you do? We just stole money back that somebody else stole from us, plus like a little, like, interest, plus interest. I was in there for 10 minutes. The goddess signs to you. They're criminals now. (laughs) So we can take a vacation from our life of crime, I guess, to go somehow check out these barrels. I'm also afraid of the ocean. Well, I can just go down and bring one up. Yeah. That's no problem. <laughs> so I do that. And I say hello to all my fish friends. They don't well. say hi back. They, oh, they you, love it. They love um, it. <laughs> so as you bring up one of these barrels to the surface, as soon as it hits the open air, you can feel like the wood is starting to weaken very rapidly. Mm. Even as you put it down on the ground, it breaks apart. Um, the contents are unrecognizable and smell horrible. Uh, Corbin takes one finger and puts it in the contents like they do on, on crime shows, and he touches that to his tongue. What does he taste? Um, salt, primarily. Rot. Uh, Sweet. S- tastes like rotten food that's been uh, sitting in the salt water for a long time. Mm. Mm. Still warm. There we go. That's horrible. Um, Do you want to yeah. go find the smart boys now? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's go, I guess. Now I'm <laughs> looking at the ocean very uh, meaningfully. Yeah. Like Laika looks back uh, in the direction of the guy that they stole from very meaningfully. She misses her life of crime. <laughs> <laughs> Does she look back with dreamy eyes? Yeah. She likes oh stealing. Uh, I'm going to have you guys roll intelligence checks because now you are off of the main path of this city mm-hmm. and you got to try and read this map figure out where you are i got 18 i also got 18 i got plus. 12 okay that's what enough you guys smart are good. boys so the map isn't very detailed um it's really just a few lines drawn that's supposed to like signify these are the streets you take and you're walking along them and you're not quite sure but then corbin charges ahead he takes the lead and takes a running jump Turns into a crow. There you go. Flies up to get a bird's eye view. There you go, y'all. You're welcome. Um, so you get back out to that main thoroughfare uh, and head down it. There is a bit of a bottleneck at the bridge that you need to cross that goes over the canyon. Um, so you have a little time to look around there and look down over the edge of the canyon where you can see mighty rivers run under the city through these canyons. 
and out into the ocean. I love this place, you guys. <laughs> and so you head across the bridge, and this area of town is probably a hundred times nicer than the area you just came from. All of the buildings have beautiful, ornate carvings on them, and you can see to your left, there's the palace. There's a huge white stone archway with a wrought iron gate um, that's been gilded, so it's beautiful shining gold in the light. Uh, to your right, there's another white stone archway, and that leads to beautiful buildings with really intricate carvings and um, reliefs and statues. There are uh, fountains with depictions of people with, like, water pouring from their hands, like their hands are cupped and water is pouring from their hands. Oh, I stand next to one and I do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if there were cameras, you'd be like, take my picture, take yeah. my picture. Mm -hmm. But, but I just do I, it and I'm like, do you like it? <laughs> I, I take Fran's picture by drawing it on my armor. Nice. Nice. I'm very touched by that. <laughs> nice. And so you follow your map and eventually come to like, next to the other buildings in this area, it doesn't look that impressive, um, but it is much more intricate than a lot of the buildings on Estra, and you're looking at all these little carvings on the columns outside, these big wooden doors. The first two floors have no windows, and then there's a third floor above that with a row of round uh, windows that are plated with horn up at the top. So what do you guys want to do? Do you want to go in? No, I mean, this is, is this where the X was on our yeah, map? This is the, this is where the X led you to. Mm, then, yeah. I, okay, so you walk in, um, and what you find in the first room is, uh, it's an entryway, um, with a reception desk and a bored-looking man sitting at it. So he's wearing something very similar to what Shaw wore, but his sash is blue, and it has a different insignia on it. Um, and he looks up at you, and he says something. You don't know what it is. But he does not sound terribly enthused about it. And he looks back down at whatever he's doing. Um, Laika, because you're the tallest one and you can kind of peer over the top of the desk, you see that he's making a very unflattering caricature of somebody. So not one of you four, but some old fart bag uh, <laughs> he's making a very unflattering caricature of. Um, I run to the desk and I say, I'm looking for the dressers from Medea. <laughs> <laughs> He stares blankly at you, and his hand is inching towards a bell on his desk. Oh, God. Could the goddess try and sign to him? Okay, so you guys suggest to her that she try and sign, um, and so she does. And he looks at her for a second and sort of squints his eyes, and then and then he nods, like, oh, 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 and he, he looks a little confused, but he, he stands up and he makes a motion at you guys to, like, wait where you are. And he leaves. I sit down at the chair on his desk. <laughs> I sit on the desk. There are like some chairs, like waiting room no. chairs, but no, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I um, just stand there with Mary. Yeah. We're hanging out. The receptionist comes back in, and he is leading a small delegation of people. There's one female high elf, two humans, a man and a woman, and a female gnome who follow after him. As they're coming into the room, these four are, are chatting amongst themselves, and they seem a little bit, like, curious and worried. But as they hear you talking, the high elf woman, she stops dead in her tracks. And she looks at you all and she goes, Did Shaw send you? Again. Also, I want you guys I to can. know yeah, I okay. might. that I have severely nerfed this thing. Originally, it was 12d10 lightning damage. And what did you do, six? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I guess I mean, half its body's gone. Yeah. Jesus. That makes um, sense. <laughs> I just want you to know how mean I could have been. 
Well, we would be dead. Yeah, we literally just would have to start the podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it would be Corbin's cousin, Lorbin. <laughs> How would the goddess survive, though? Uh, the goddess's cousin, Lottis. <laughs> <laughs> Party 13, let's suit up for adventure. They're the only ones that can save the world. Uh, what? A fantasy world of magic, monsters, and heroes. Yeah, uh, hello? Where is that voice coming from? Heroes like Andar Patron, the star of our story. Yeah, that's me, but what are you talking about? Oh, uh, sorry. We're in a promo for your podcast. Did nobody tell you? What? Your podcast. Have Spellbook Will Travel? Have Spellbook? It's a scripted fantasy comedy audio drama based on the creator's experiences playing tabletop games. To be honest, that sounds pretty boring. Well, it's hilarious. And heartwarming. And great. Super great. Whatever you say, buddy. Have Spellbook Will Travel on the Don't Split the Podcast Network. Start the adventure at HaveSpellbook.com or wherever podcasts are available for free.